Okay, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. Uh, my name's Dusty Slay. I'm your host, as always, of the We're Having a Good Time podcast. Uh, what an exciting day. It's January 20th. It's a Wednesday. I'm sitting here in a chair with an afghan draped over it, and um, I have a ruptured appendix. But somehow... Uh, even with this ruptured appendix, which everyone says is deadly, um, I'm hanging out. I'm taking antibiotics. I'm hanging out. The pain gets better every day. I feel stronger. But I am constantly reminded that there is a ruptured appendix inside of my body. Because the moment I start to feel 100%, my body says, uh-uh, kick it back a notch. Uh, settle down. So... I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not bedridden, but I am home ridden. Yesterday I went to the dentist, uh, because I had, I had a tooth pulled during the summer because in about 2004, I had a, a root canal done when I was living in Charleston, South Carolina. Now, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but what I plan on doing today is I plan on telling a couple of stories and then I got some Bible talk. I got some exciting Bible talk. Um, it's stuff that I've always wanted to talk about. It's stuff that, uh, that I really enjoy talking about and, you know, so I'm going to hit it with it, but I'm going to do stories first because I have received a lot of emails from people saying how much they enjoy when I talk about the Bible. So I appreciate those emails. That means a lot to me. In fact, the majority of the emails I get are from people saying that they like hearing the Bible talk. And I've gotten a lot of emails recently. I've gotten a lot of emails from people about prayers for me. Um, even I got a tweet last night from, uh, from Dan who said, uh, who quoted my I believe in prayers but not in thoughts type thing. And uh, that's just really uh, a joke, honestly. I mean, I don't believe in thoughts. I mean, you can think about me, but that's not doing anything. And I know a lot of people say that prayers don't do anything either, but I believe that they do. Um, because I feel great. Uh, I was in the hospital not too long ago, and now I'm not in the hospital, and I feel good. Um, so I appreciate all that. So that being, that being said, I, I, I am now going to do some Bible talk, but I realize that maybe not all my listeners like that, and I assume that all my listeners like fun stories. So I'm going to try to tell a couple, and then I got some Bible talk at the end. I'm going to read some Bible verses. Something that I was pretty scared to do a while back, but the more I do it, the more fun it is. You know, I mean, we live in, uh, in a fallen world, and uh, there's evil stuff going on all around us. So I think that uh, we need to be talking about the Bible. And uh, so I'm going to do it, and we're going to have a good time because I love doing it. But as far as the dentist goes, in about 2003 or 2004, I was living in Charleston, South Carolina. I had just moved there, and I had gotten a, a cavity filled by a dentist in Opelika, Alabama. And this dentist uh, was the father of a kid that I kind of picked on a little bit in high school and middle school. I didn't, I wouldn't say that I really picked on him, 
he was kind of this kid that I do feel bad for it, but he was the kind of kid that uh, you would stick up for him and then he would make you regret sticking up for him. Like I, I, I seem to recall sticking up for him before and then him attacking me about sticking up for him, right? So it was a weird thing. But looking back as a mature adult, uh, he was a troubled kid, I think. And uh, I hope he's doing well. I think he is doing well, and I hope he is. Um, but his dad was a dentist, and his dad fixed one of my cavities. Now, I'm not saying his dad was like, I can't believe that you're going to pick on my son and then come to get dentist work, and I'm going to make you regret this. I'm not saying he thought that. But apparently what happened is I got the cavity filled and the filling was touching a nerve. So it was very painful. So I was told I had to get a root canal done. And the root canal and the crown was going to cost about $1,000. Now, that's not a small amount of money even to this day. But in 2003, oh, I mean, that might as well have been the end of the world for me. I mean, I was working uh, two jobs. I was working at Office Depot and at Hyman's. And I had not yet started the Spectracide job. And I was not making a lot of money. I was a food runner at Hyman's. And uh, I was a stocker at Office Depot. So I was not making a lot of money. And my rent was more than I had ever paid. I was paying about $600 a month, I think, roughly, maybe $500. But contrast that to when I lived in Opelika, uh, in a trailer, I was paying $120 a month. And that included uh, water. So that was my rent, 120 So I was struggling. So I found out that the hospital, the Medical University of South Carolina, MUSC, had a dental clinic. And you could go in there and let dental students work on your teeth, and it would be way, way cheaper. So I went in, and I, I was going to get this root canal. And I remember going in there to this place, and I went... And I've, you know, I'm not big on washing your hands, right? I mean, I know it's not popular to say, but I just think it's stupid, right? I mean, I get it. We got to, like, you handle some chicken or something, like, let's wash our hands afterwards, you know what I mean? But, you know, and if you, you know, you're wiping your butt, like, let's wash our hands. But just everyday life, just washing my hands all the time, I'm just like, okay, guys, we need a few germs, right? So I go into this dentist building, and I go to the bathroom, and then um, when, I, when I'm coming out of the stall, there's this guy at the sink, and I watch him wash his hands and then leave the water running while he goes to get paper towels. He dries his hands and then uses the paper towel to turn off the sink and then open the door with the paper towel And then with his back holding the door, throws the paper towel in the trash can. And I thought, that's ridiculous. What? (laughs) I mean, what a germaphobe. And I just thought, I just kept mocking this guy in my head. Just kept mocking him. Like, what? You know, I just called him all kind of names in my head. And then when I go to sit down in the dentist chair, uh, my, the student who's going to be working on my tooth, is that germaphobe guy. And I couldn't have been more happy. I was like, wow, the guy about to stick his hands in my mouth 
has very clean hands, and I feel very confident in that. So it took about six hours to get this root canal because you had a student working on it, and every movie made, he had to call the actual dentist teacher over. So it took a long time. Me and that guy became friends, and I later invited him to a couple of comedy shows, and he came out. I don't remember his name, and I don't know where he's at today, but uh, I do remember that, and I liked him. Um, so that tooth... It was a front tooth, one of my front teeth, not my main front teeth, but one of those. And it had been a dead tooth since 2004. And so this year, uh, I got it, or in 2020, I got it pulled and I got an implant put in. I'd never had that done. I got it put in and it took a long time to heal. And so this past week, I got the crown put on the tooth and I couldn't feel I couldn't feel better. I've never felt so good about my teeth. I have, uh, I got a decent amount of dental work done during the 2020 year. And it feels weird that 2020 is over. Like, I know that that year had to be rough for a lot of people. And it wasn't particularly fun for me. But it seemed like it flew by. Just flew by. What a wild time. And now we're in 2021, and immediately in 2021, my appendix ruptures, and I'm not doing gigs all of January. I'm going to take January off, but I have updated my calendar. So if you go to DustySlay.com and look at my calendar, I have dates for February and March all on the calendar, all my dates, and there are more to come because my... Uh, my management and agents, I have such a great team. I have such a great team of people. Uh, my management company is Levity Live, and I'm with uh, United um, UTA, United Talent uh, Agency, and I have great management, great agents, and they're going to be filling up the calendar as much as I want. My manager told me when I signed with her, uh, she's great. She said, how much do you want to work And how much time do you want off? And I said, you know, I want to work. So fill the calendar. And boy, did she fill the calendar. She's amazing. And we got a lot of exciting stuff happening. There's a lot of things that should be around the corner. So all I got to do is live through this ruptured appendix. And uh, it's going to be a good year. I'm very excited about it. And if you want to keep track of my dates, the thing to do is you can either you can go to my website at any time, dustyslay.com, and check that out. And then I have, uh, if you go to the calendar page on my website, the main page has my calendar, but I have a calendar page, and there's a sign-up, an email list that I have, and I usually send out, I don't know, about an email a month. I don't overload it. Sometimes I'll do one a week, uh, depending on how often I'm doing shows, but I just try to, in my email, I'll send out new videos, uh, updates on me, updated calendar, what's going on. It's, it's not a lot. I don't, I don't bombard you with stuff. But another thing you can do is go to the website Bands in Town. Bands in Town and then sign, make an account on there and then choose to follow me. And then that way, whenever I'm coming to your town, Bands in Town or anywhere near your area, Bands in Town will send you an email And then you can, you'll be notified when I'm doing a show. So all exciting stuff, all very exciting. And, uh, but I wanted to 
tell this story. I know I've never told this story on the podcast, and I think it's pretty fun. I, um, in 2008, 2008 was, I know I've talked about 2008 and, uh, in, in a podcast I've done, you know, with Spectre side, but I had just, oh man, maybe this was even 2009. I bet it was 2009. I've said 2008, but I bet it was 2009. Sometimes these, uh, these dates get a little sketchy. I was drinking heavily. I'm going to go ahead and say it was 2009 because I had been working at Spectreside full-time for about a year. And during that first year, 2008, I drove a 1982 Buick LeSabre because I had wrecked my Saturn and I was driving this LeSabre. And I had been dating a girl uh, all throughout the time that I was driving the LeSabre. Now, me and her had a, a, a wild kind of relationship and we were both heavy drinkers and we would fight a lot. And she would yell at me, mainly she would yell at me, but I would yell at her a little bit. Uh, mainly she would yell at me, and, uh, but we had a great time. It was very fun. Um, I really enjoyed dating her, but we had a, a wild kind of relationship. And then my friend, who was my good drinking buddy, who wrecked with me in the Saturn, was also dating, on and off, dating her friend. And they were wilder than we were, so it made for crazy times. So we were, we had broken up and I, I got a new car. I got a 2008 Dodge Avenger. I bought a rental car because at the time I had no credit and no one would give me a loan. No matter what I did, no one would give me a loan. So I finally got, I got my mom to co-sign with me and I bought a 2008 Dodge Avenger from Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And I love that car. It was black. I mean, it was a four-cylinder, but it looked like a Charger. It looked like a fast car. And I loved it. And I remember I was driving around with my friend John Brennan. We were hanging out, and it was storming really bad in Charleston, storming really bad. And uh, I remember, I don't know, for some reason we rolled down the window or whatever, and I remember having a towel and just wiping down the water that would get in the car, just keeping it pristine. I washed it all the time. And a flood was coming. I mean, the, Charleston used to flood a lot. And this was a particularly bad flood. Like, it rained and water was piling up everywhere. I started watching people's cars get flooded as they were parked on the side of the street. And I just thought, wow, that's crazy. But I was just driving around hanging out with John. I don't know exactly what we did, but we were hanging out with a lot of improv people. It's possible that I went to a show that night, Theater 99, American Theater, something like that. And... We, we, you know, we drank, we drank pretty heavy that night and I was on my way out of downtown. I was going to go on home. And then I started either texting or calling the girl that I used to date and she, we were talking and she wanted to get together with me. And honestly, I wanted to get together with her. So I said, you know what? I'm going to abandon. I was already drinking and driving. So I was like, I'm going to go ahead and abandon what I was doing uh, and I'm going to turn around and I'm going to drive to meet this girl. And I turned down a side street and then I turned down another side street and it was dark. And when I turned down that second side street, the road just dipped and I basically just drove into a pond. And my car was completely flooded. 
It wouldn't crank. I couldn't get it out of there. There was water under the on the floorboard. My feet got wet. I had to get out in this pond, and I I was just like, oh man, and I was drunk, and I called a tow truck company, and oh, actually, I think my phone was dead. So I went walking, and I found someone I knew, and I asked them, could I borrow their phone? And I called a tow truck company. And the tow truck company said, we'll come and get it, but if you're still in that pond, basically, they were like, we we can't tow you unless you're out of that. So I had a little bit of money because I was working full time. So I went into a restaurant called Norm's Pizza. And I went into Norm's and I basically made an announcement to the the restaurant. I said, now, the flood was everywhere. Everybody was well aware that this flood was happening. And it was a crazy night. And I just said, hey, if anybody will help me come push my car out of this pond, I'll buy, I'll buy your drinks and I'll buy some pitchers of beer and we'll sit here and get drunk. So a group of people got up. Charleston was the best. I don't know if Charleston's like that today, but back then it was great. So they agreed. They came and they helped me push this car out of the water and we, we pushed it out of there. I called the tow truck company. The tow truck came, towed the car, and then I went back down to Norm's Pizza. I bought some pitchers of beer, and we just drank, and we drank until the place closed. Not There was no Uber, no, no Lyft back then, I was, and the taxis were busy to death. I didn't even think about that, though. I was just like, I'm drinking downtown. I live on James Island, which was a good 15-minute ride. I'm just drinking not even thinking about how am I going to get home. And then at two, they kicked us out and I'm out on the street and I'm like, oh no, I don't have a ride home. And then someone yells, I hear someone, because so many cars are flooded. I hear this guy go, he says, I'm going to James Island if anybody needs a ride. And I was like, oh, that's me. So I get in this guy's car and as we're driving through downtown to the James Island connector going out of downtown, you just see cars everywhere just flooded. I mean, it looks like the apocalypse has happened. And um, we drive, and then I, I tell the guy where I live, and then I fall asleep in the car. That's how drunk I am. And he wakes me up, and I said, is this where you live? And I was like, yeah. And I got out and went inside. And so the days go on, and I find that my car is gonna need it part of me part of me i really kind of hated the spectroside job there was a part of me that really liked it because i felt like i had a professional job and there's another part of me that was like i wish they would tell me that the car was totaled so i could just get rid of the car and then if i got rid of the car i could quit the job and so they called me and they said your car's pretty bad but we're going to be able to fix it so i was disappointed But my insurance paid for me a rental car and I got a really nice truck and I was driving her around and I remember I was trying to date this other girl at the time and I really wanted her to go on a date with me while I had that truck. That never worked out. Um, But my mom, um, and I just told that story just because that's fun. That's where I was at in my life at this time. So my mom 
had always wanted to go on a cruise. She really wanted to go on a cruise, and she didn't have anybody to go with her, and she wanted to know if I wanted to go on a cruise. And I was like, you know what? i never been on a cruise either. Let's do it. So after this incident happened with the car and stuff, I was kind of taking a break from drinking. I was like, I'm just not really feeling drinking. So the, the, the cruise was already set up. So I told my mom, I said, you know, I said, I was really, you know, I was listening. I remember I was listening to this Christian song, I'll Fly Away. I was listening to that a bunch at the time. And I just felt good. I felt like I was on a good spiritual plane. And I wasn't into drinking. I wasn't into being debaucherous. I just felt good about life. And I wanted to maintain that. And I said to my mom, I said, you know, I don't know if I really want to drink that much on this cruise. And she said, hey, we don't have to drink at all if you don't want to. So we go and get on, and she's, she's gotten these tickets through a radio station. She didn't win them, but somehow the radio station in Opelika was pushing a promo. And so she got them through this radio promo, and then that gave her some extra special features. Like we were going to get to go to a party on the cruise with the radio station and the DJs. So I remember, all right, the whole plan is to not drink. We're going to get on this cruise. We're just going to eat. We're going to Cozumel, Mexico. We're going to experience a little bit of something, and we're excited. So the moment we get on that cruise, something about the cruise made me want to drink. I was like, oh, I got to drink right away. And we started drinking. And we just drank, and we drank, and um, it, we were, it was around Halloween, was when we were going. So there was going to be a costume contest. My mom had um, made some costumes for us. My mom's old school, and she's not messing around with any kind of new age costumes. We were going to be Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy Jr. Because Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy, I guess, were married. So she didn't want that there to be any confusion there. So she made me some little pins that said Junior on it so that everybody knew, well, anybody who had any idea who Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy was knew that I was the son, and I guess Raggedy Andy had either divorced or passed away. So that's what we were going to do. So we got on this cruise. We're eating. We're drinking. We're having a good time. We're partying a bit. We met the radio DJs. We had a fun time. And I don't know what we were doing. I mean, to be honest, I mean, what what is there to do on a cruise anyway? Eat, drink, you can gamble, but I never like gambling because uh, if I'm going to waste money, I want to waste money on something I can hold in my hand. I do not like wasting money on slot machines and card games that other people know more about than me. I'm not into it. I don't like that. Um, And the... uh, so, you know, we're just drinking, we're eating food, we're living a life, and then we got our one day in Cozumel. We're going to go, we're going to board, we're going to go to Cozumel, we're going to get off, and there's tours that you can do. There was like, you could go, now nah, you could do this, you could do this, you could go, uh, what do you call it, snorkeling, but my mom can't swim. So we were like, let's... Let's not do any of that. We decided we're going to do our own thing. We're going to cruise around Cozumel. We're just going to walk around and do our own thing. But as we're getting off the ship, the people on the ship, they had these two things basically to say to us. The first one was, don't drink the water in Cozumel. I can't tell you how many times they told us not to drink the water in Cozumel. 
I don't know if the water was bad or if they were just trying to sell their own bottled water because they were trying to sell their own bottled water. And, but they just kept saying, I mean, I remember passing multiple people as we were getting off the ship. Uh, they were like, don't drink the water. Don't drink the water. So that's just pounded in my head. And the other thing they told us was that the people on the island of Cozumel, they love to haggle with you. If you, they said they love it. Now, I don't know why anyone would love that, but they said, oh, they love it. If, if, if you want to buy a shirt and it's $20, you try to talk them down to 15. They love that. They really get into it. They live for it. Right. And I don't know why you would tell anybody that because there's no way that can be true. Everyone wants to sell everything at the highest price they can, obviously. But they said, oh, they love it. In fact, when I'm selling t-shirts and people after a show and people come up to me and try to get a deal, I'm immediately irritated because I don't price my shirts too high. They're higher uh, on my website. That's for two reasons. One, I don't charge shipping. So I, I include shipping in there. And the other is because I hate the post office. I want people to be able to buy things online, but if I got to take a trip to the post office, it's going to cost a little extra. But at my show, I'm bare minimum pricing. I'm trying to make myself a profit because why else would I sell the shirts if I'm not trying to make a profit? Uh, but I want it to be cheap. I'm not trying to rip people off. I'm not trying to make money off people. I, I, I'm trying to make money doing shows. But, I, you know, and I want to make a little money selling the shirts. But I'm not, I don't do a Patreon. I'm not trying to get you to send me money for anything. It irritates me when I see comics doing Patreons and, and, and trying to get their fans to send them money for stuff. I mean, you know, who knows what happens later in my career? I don't know what happens to people. But I'm not trying to make money off everybody all the time. I enjoy what I do for a living. I'm happy with my life. I'm not trying to make money all the time. I just am not a money-hungry person. I want to have it because it's necessary and you need it. But I don't know. I'm just not money-hungry. I'm not fame-hungry. I just want to enjoy my life. What I do now is so much better than selling pesticides. Not that there's anything wrong with selling pesticides, but to me, it's so much better. And uh, I just am excited to do it. Anyway, that's a side note. So they're like, don't drink the water, don't, and, and haggle, 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 all right? So we get off. We're walking around the city, and my, mom, my mom's like, let's rent some scooters. And I'm like, I don't really want to rent a scooter. And then she kind of guilted me and said, oh, when I used to go on vacation with your dad, he never wanted to do fun things like that. And I was like, all right, let's get the scooter. So we got one scooter, and we're cruising around. And we just take off on the scooter. We're on the island of Cozumel. We don't know nothing about it. We don't know where we're at. I don't even know if we had smartphones at the time. And, and if we did, I don't know if the maps worked in Cozumel. And we're just cruising around. We're cruising down the street. Our wheels are about this big. And then there's holes in the street about this big. So you have to constantly stay focused on the road so that you don't jab a tire in there and flip over. And we're driving. And we go... I think this happened first. It's years ago. It's over 10 years ago, so some of the stuff's a little foggy. But I know that it starts raining. It just starts pouring on us, and we get drenched, right? We get drenched. And we, we, after the rain stops, we stop off over at a T-shirt shop, and we're like, great, we'll go buy some T-shirts. 
So the guy's selling the t-shirts for like $15 a piece. And me taking the advice of people on the ship, I thought, hey, you know what? I'll haggle with the guy a little bit. I go, how about two for 40? Or, or no, that, that's a bad deal. Uh, I, he was selling the shirts for 25 bucks. I was like, how about two for 40? And the look of disgust that just came across his face. Ah, I just still think about it to this day. He was just like, oh, and, but, uh, to be honest, I think that's a good deal. Two for 40. So he did sell me the shirts for two for 40 and we changed shirts. We got some dry shirts on and then we start driving around again and we stop off at this little restaurant and we're having some, uh, I think we had some, have some, uh, some Corona's of some sort. It was a Mexican version of a Corona. I don't know. And uh, it was good. It was a good beer. And then we were having like, I think we had some food, right? But then things start to occur to me. I'm like, I'm not supposed to drink the water, but this beer's made with water. This food's made with water. It's grown with water. I mean, am I, am I, am I killing myself right now? So then we eat. We have a good time. As we're sitting there, though, this truck drives by. And on the back of the truck, there's a bunch of, there's like 12 soldiers with machine guns strapped on them. And we're like, wow, where are we? What's happening? So then we get back on the scooter. We're riding. It starts raining again. We get drenched again. And then we just keep driving. And we end up in like downtown Cozumel. And this is feeling very non-touristy. We are definitely doing what the locals do. I mean, there's stop signs. All the street signs are in Spanish. None of us know a bit of Spanish. And nobody's obey. I could tell that one of them was stop because it was shaped like a stop sign. That's all I knew. And, uh, but I'm, I'm the only one stopping. Everyone's zooming around us like we're idiots for obeying the traffic laws. And then uh, we go, I mean, people are just zooming around us. It's wild. We don't know what's happening. And then we go to a grocery store. I think we dropped off the scooter at some point. Some point we lose the scooter. We drop it off. And then we're walking back to basically the touristy area uh, to get, um, you know, to get back to the main, main places so we're comfortable and all. We've had a couple of beers. And we go into a grocery store, and we were like, we'll pick up a few things while we're here. That way we don't have to, you know, just eat, you know, uh, cruise food. And we we go in there, and we're like, wow, this stuff is really cheap. And we're trying to do the conversion rates in our head. And we get to the, we thought, well, we got a great deal here. And we're, um, we're talking you know, we get to the cashier and they, and, and, the, and with the, and we're pretty broke. I mean, both me and my mom, I, I was saying earlier in this that I had a little money, but I had a little money to buy pitchers of beer at Norm's pizza. I don't have really that much money. So we're, we're at this thing and we're trying to figure out and they're like $20 and I got a $20 bill in my hand. I'm like, yes, $20. And they're like, they're like $20. And I'm like, yes, $20. And then a guy behind us who's bilingual, he, puts down his phone for a second. They go, no, it's 20 more dollars. They need 20 more dollars. And we're like, oh, well, now this stuff that we thought was so cheap is actually pretty expensive. So 
We just put it down. We go, okay, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> we're like, we're Americans and we're the poorest people in Mexico, right? And uh, we just leave the grocery store humiliated. We don't buy anything. We just leave humiliated. And then we walk back and we get back on the ship and uh, we, um, we this, is, this is such a long story. We uh, get back on the ship and... Now we get to go to the party for, um, for the for the people who had gotten their tickets from the radio, which is a pretty big room. And I had already been talking to the DJ people, and they knew I did a little bit of comedy, and I was making them laugh because I was just getting into comedy at the time, and I was making them laugh. So they let me take the mic at the party and talk to the crowd of people. And I start telling the story. Now, the story was fresh on my mind at the time, and I wish that I had a video of that set. But I start doing the story of our day in Cozumel, and people are cracking up. I mean, we really had a good time. I mean, that was probably my best set of comedy that I've ever done. And I was just talking about the trip. I was talking about eating nuts and being like, these nuts are grown with water. And just talking about how humiliated we were, how terrified we were, how... Uh, honestly, how much fun we had. It was such a great time. I was so happy we did that and saw a little bit of real Cozumel as opposed to just doing the touristy stuff. We actually did something the locals do, and we got out there, and we we lived a life. I mean, me and my mom rode a scooter together around Cozumel, drenched wet, wearing our uh, some souvenir T-shirts we got. I don't even know what happened to those shirts. But it was a good time. And then... The costume contest came up. This was a couple of days later, maybe the next day, I don't know. The costume contest came up. And people have wonderful, elaborate costumes. And me and my mom are dressed as Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy Jr. I got overalls on. I'll show a picture of this. I'll try to share the picture on social media just so you can see what we looked like. And... um I mean, it was a good costume. I mean, my mom made the wig. She made everything. She made actually a Raggedy Andy Jr. shirt, like suit for me, but I wouldn't wear it. I chose to wear my own overalls that I brought. I was like, I'm not wearing that. And um, so what we did was you had to get into the finals, and then once you were in the finals, then the judges would vote for the winner. But I went around and I, I made a spectacle, right? I mean, I was getting attention for us. I was like telling everybody, vote for us, vote for us, vote for us, vote for us. And I was going around. I was making people laugh. We were having a good time. I mean, it was a party. Me and my mom were having a good time. I mean, we were getting down as Raggedy Andy and Raggedy Andy Jr. And, um, and then... Once that was all set, we made it to the finals. We made it to the finals with people that had unbelievable costumes. I mean, they looked so good. It was just unbelievable. And then, so we made it to the finals. We made it to the stage. We got to stand up in front of everyone. And I had made friends with the entire ship. And then when the first round of cuts came, boom, we were the first ones cut. So we were out, but we made it. And then the shame of it was, was I was so decorated up in these costumes that the next day, no one knew who I was. 
So I spent all this time making friends with the whole ship, and then it didn't even pay off for me because no one knew who I was the next day. So it was a real shame. But we had a great time, and that was our trip uh, on a Cozumel cruise. We had a great time, um, and, you know, that's it. I mean, that's that, that's that story. What a great story it was, but that's it. So, and I also, I want to share this. This is an advice to comic segment right before I get into the Bible stuff. The Bible stuff, I think, is going to be pretty serious. And I, I don't mean for things to get serious here. But I, I do want to talk to people about things. I think it's fun. No one ever wants to talk to me about the Bible. I used to go to church. And then when I would get out of church, we would all go to dinner together. And everybody would want to talk about sports. I'd try to talk about the Bible. And nobody wanted to talk about it. I'm like, dang. I'm like, I got a lot of friends. I got a million people to talk about sports with. I don't got nobody to talk to the Bi- about the Bible with. And you, you're supposed to be my Bible people, the church people. You're supposed to be my Bible people. But they wouldn't want to talk to me about it. So I got a little small advice to comics thing. I've been thinking. People have been emailing me and people have been texting me about sending avails and getting into clubs. Now, I got a podcast devoted to this. Season 2, episode 1 through 10 is my whole thing of... How to Become a Comic. I got 10 episodes on how to become a comic. And working as a host and feature, that episode should be all about sending avails. But this is something I want to add to that. That if, if right now I think that a lot of clubs are struggling. I don't know that, but I think that. And I think they're not wanting to pay for features, hotels rooms. Some clubs are. They're not wanting to pay for your hotel room. Some clubs are. Subclubs aren't. So when you're sending avails, and let's say you're like, uh, you want to get into a club in Cincinnati. Um, um, my advice is explore and see, do you have a place to stay? This, is, this applies to host and features only. Uh, if you're headlining, they should pay for your hotel. But if you're hosting and featuring, let's say you're trying to get into a, a club in Cincinnati. Explore your options. Do you have a free place to stay in Cincinnati? Can you provide your own hotel in Cincinnati? Um, uh, there's options. There's um, uh, couch surfing, which I haven't done in a long time. There's um, Airbnb. And there's Adam Wagner, who is Ignite Hospitality. I've talked about him before. I assume he's still doing it. I don't know. I don't know what 2020 did to a lot of people's businesses. But... Um, my advice is when you're sending avails, if you have the ability to get your own place, maybe say that in the email. Say, it would be great if you could provide for me a place to stay. But if that's a deal breaker for you, uh, say, hey, I, I do have a place to stay while I'm there so you don't have to provide a hotel for me. That's just, you know, you may not want to do that. That may not be worth it to you. And I got to be honest, I hate doing that. I hate staying at other people's houses when I'm on the road. I hate Airbnbs. I hate, I've had some good experiences, but I hate them because you feel like you got to talk to people all the time. And I hate um, couch surfing. But it may be an option to you, uh, and it may help your chances of getting into a club. All right, so what I want to talk about uh, with Bible stuff, and this is a little serious, but... We don't have to, you know, take it seriously, but, you know, let's not be sad about it. You know what I mean? I think that our churches, now, bear with me, okay? Because I want you to understand, as I talk about this stuff, I do believe this, and I do feel it. And I know a lot of people 
who are not Christian, you know, they will say things like, and, and, and believe me, I get it. They'll say things like, uh, oh, out of all the religions in the world, you think you're right. Now, I've, I've said this a million times, but I just want to reiterate. Of all the religions in the world, you think you have the right one. And my answer is yes. Yes, I do. And the reason is, why would I believe a religion that I didn't think the right one? Imagine this. I'm Christian, but I think Buddhism is the right way. Imagine that. Imagine I'm like, listen, I'm a Christian, but to be honest with you, I think Buddhism is the right religion. Now, why, why would I think Buddhism was the right religion and not be Buddhist? That wouldn't make sense, right? So obviously, the religion that I am is the one that I think is right. And I've grown up a Christian, and a lot of people will say, well, that's because that's how you grew up, and that's why you believe that. And, and I agree to a certain extent. Um, I agree that if you grew up um, Hindu, uh, it would be hard for you to go, I don't think this is the right religion, I'm going to switch. But in another hand, I have changed the way I view Christianity. I have changed um, my religion in a sense. It's still Christianity, but I think that my version of Christianity has changed. And that started in 2012. It started in 2012 when I quit drinking. and Because I've been a Christian my whole life, okay? I didn't have... Um, you know, I wasn't, you know, I've always been a little bit of a heathen, but I didn't go from being a heathen to a Christian all of a sudden. I've always been a Christian and I've always been a sinner, right? And that's, that's why sometimes I think people, if they're, you know, they're really bad kind of sinner people and then they convert to Christianity, it's life changing and it's a major breakthrough and they switch over so fast that that can disturb people. Um, it didn't happen like that for me because I've always been Christian, right? So I haven't, I didn't have that big, but my biggest awakening came in 2012 after I quit drinking. I started to read the Bible in a different way. I always would read the Bible and I would read Old Testament stuff and I would go, wow, that seems pretty intense. Uh, I'm just happy we don't have to follow commandments anymore, right? I'm happy we don't have to do that. Because my churches would always teach, and this is why I think our churches have led us astray, because not every church, but every church I've ever been to, I've met some really, really great people at the churches I've been to. Some of the pastors that I've met have been really great people, wonderful people. But I think they have led us astray in a lot of ways by teaching us that Jesus um, said we don't have to, that because of Jesus, we don't have to follow commandments anymore. And I'm not trying to preach to you. I, what I want to do is share a decent, amount of, a decent amount of Bible verses to illustrate my point. I've studied this for you know the last eight years, going on nine, because I quit drinking in late January of, of, of uh, 2012. So going on uh, nine years, I've spent reading about this, um, you know, I've watched many preachers on YouTube and stuff that talked about this sort of thing. Uh, there's a, there's a YouTube channel that I like, uh, called, um, what is it called? New to Torah, where basically, you know, it's Christians who've gone back and started to look at the old Testament, the first five books of the Bible, which are 
the Torah, the law, the law that, that God gave to Moses to, to give to us. And, you know, I just want to start off by reading, um, and I think, you know, I did an episode on the Mark of the Beast, and some people said it was scary, but in other ways, I think that my episode on that was a little bit of a letdown because I'm tiptoeing around things, um, but I learned something in studying that. I learned, and I, now I read the Bible. I read, you know, because I, I read the whole Bible in 2013, 2014. It took me a while but I, I, I challenged myself to read one verse from the Bible, or one chapter from the Bible every day. Now, some days I would do multiple chapters, but I was like, no matter what, you do one chapter every day. And um, so I read the whole thing, but it's like, the thing about the Bible that's amazing is you can read a chapter, and then you can go back and read that chapter the next day, and something new pops out at you. That's what I think is really unique about the Bible, is it's so jam-packed, and it's so full of things, and it's you know, it's, it's alive and, uh, stuff pops out at you and it's really amazing and it's really great. And I think that if we followed the commandments of God, that we would all treat each other better. I don't think that a lot of people say the Bible's full of hate and things like that, but I think that if we all read it, we all followed it, we would all treat each other better. We would all be better people to each other because the thing about it is we're all going to sin. We're all going to do wrong. We're all going to mess up. And I do believe that we should follow the commandments of the Old Testament, but we're not going to be able to do it. And that's the beauty of what Jesus has done is that uh, Jesus gives us grace. Now, I think a lot of times what people have done is they've taken that Jesus has given us grace to mean that we don't have to follow the Old Testament. And I just don't believe that that's the case. I believe that we still should follow it. We get the free gift of heaven and salvation by accepting Jesus. That is giving to us freely. But once we accept, we're also accepting, you know, this covenant to follow the Old Testament, to follow the laws that have been given to us. Jesus talks about laws, and the only, you know, there was no New Testament at the time of Jesus, so he would have been talking about the Old Testament. And this is just something for you to think about. I just want you to think about these things. Don't Definitely don't take anything that I've said to be to be the gospel. I, I'm, I'm no one, you know, I'm, you know, I've, I'm a Christian before I'm a comedian. I, I've been a Christian my whole life and uh, I love doing comedy. It is the greatest thing that I've ever gotten to do in my life, but I'm very honored to be doing this podcast, to be able to talk to people about this sort of stuff. So I just want to start with Exodus 13, nine. I just want to read this and it says, and it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thy hand and for the memorial between thine eyes, that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth, for with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. Now, I think when it says our hand, it means our works, what we do. And when it says between thine eyes, it means in thy mind, what we think. So, um, so it goes, and, um, Okay, so just, just think about that, okay? So what we think, what we do. Thinking about the Lord. All right, so then what I want to do is go to Matthew. Uh, and I'm going to read a lot out of Matthew because when I read, went through the Bible, I highlighted a lot of things. And so I just went through the other day and dug through a lot of the things that I highlighted. And I just want to read them. I just think it's, I think this is very fun. 
This is Jesus talking. This is Matthew 5, 17. He says, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill, right? So he's, he's, he's differentiating destroy and fulfill. He said, I didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets, but I came to fulfill. So a lot of times what people have told me, they go, well, fulfill means that, you know, when he dies on the cross, he fulfilled those laws. He fulfilled. So, and my argument is meaning, so you mean that Jesus came and said, listen, you got to follow the laws until I die. So I'm preaching now. And then, you know, I don't know how long it was from the time Jesus started preaching to the time he was crucified, but I don't know, let's say a year. So Jesus is like, listen, you got a year to follow these laws, and then when I'm done, you don't have to do it anymore. I don't think that's the case. I think Jesus is telling us right there that we should follow them. He says, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth shall pass, which I'm pretty sure heaven and earth have not passed. Uh, he says, uh, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth shall pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till it all be fulfilled. So there's fulfill again. So people are saying, well, Jesus fulfilled it all when he died. But I just don't think he would be, because destroy and fulfill must mean different things. But if fulfill means, um, you know, basically they're saying, well, he fulfilled it. So that's kind of saying that they're saying he destroyed it. I don't believe so. Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be great in the kingdom of heaven. So that's pretty scary to me to think that it says, therefore, whoever, whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Now, it doesn't say he's not going to get in, I guess, but he said you should be, you'll be least, but whosoever shall do and teach them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So I just think that's interesting, and that's just something to think about, you know. Um, and I just want to, you know, I want to read a few things. I just want to kind of continue on reading a couple of things. Um, and um, this may be a little heavy, but it's just something that I want you to think about because this is basically, we've been taught, if you were taught like me, we've been taught that we don't have to do any of the Old Testament, that the Old Testament is done away with. Um, and I just, I don't think that's true. Here's something that Jesus says in uh, Matthew 5, 43. You have heard that it hath been said... Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. So, you know, we're commanded to love thy neighbor, but where does that come from? That obviously comes from the Old Testament, and Jesus takes that and extends it. 
He doesn't do away with it. He says, love your neighbor and your enemy. Because he says, everyone loves people that love them. That's easy. It's harder to love people that hate you. Right? Okay, we're having a good time. We're just having a good time here. Um, and I may not read all these, but I just think these are some of the interesting ones. This is seven, Matthew seven thirteen. Enter ye into the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. And I think that that is like, hey, it's going to be a harder road to get into heaven. So uh, harder. Like, so I just think that that's saying, listen, you, you, you don't earn heaven, but a wide road seems like the easy way. And a narrow gate seems like the hard way. All I'm doing is reading things to just get you thinking. That's all I'm doing. And pray for your neighbor. Pray for your enemy. It's a beautiful thing. These are beautiful messages. And this one is interesting because I think, you know, sometimes it's hard uh, with family members, with friends, to talk about these sorts of things because, you know, people get mad at you. People will get mad at you for saying these things. I've, I've had a lot of, you know, I've had a lot of hard times talking with my, my fellow Christians about these sorts of things because it does make people angry. But, you know, Jesus says, think not that I have come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I come against, for I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother, mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And I just think that's, uh, that's interesting. That's, you know, I just, uh, and maybe I've written down too many things here. But this is another thing. This is more of a light one. This is more of one that uh, feels fun, feels, feels good. He says, uh, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wonderful. So great. So great. All right, so I'm going to move in. Now I'm going to go to a couple of Old Testament things because I just want to, you know, I mean, those things, I'm going to go to a couple of Old Testaments and then I'm going to go to a couple of New Testaments where they talk about commandments. This is Isaiah 1.9. This is one of my favorites. This really helped me a lot when I quit drinking and when I was at, in a challenge uh, in my life, it says, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat from the good of the land. I just think that's great. Following the commandments, being obedient. Um, uh, psalm is full of them. Psalm is full of them, but the very first psalm, Psalm 
1, 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. So that's King David. He loved the law. He loved it. I've only got a couple more. Wow, this has been fun for me. I hope I've not lost all my listeners. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. That's Psalm 111. The fear of the Lord is in the beginning of wisdom. No, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Psalm 19 is full of them. I'll just read one. This is 119.10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wonder from thy commandments. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. And then, you know, the Old Testament, all of the, all of the stuff written in the New Testament, um, the New Testament is, there is no New Testament while the New Testament is being written. So 1 John, not 1 John, John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So, I mean, that's Jesus. Jesus is the Word. So the Word is the Old Testament, and Jesus is the Word. And then I got a couple more. And uh, I could do this all day, though. I love this. Let's talk about it. I could do it all day. James, the brother of Jesus, 2.10. For whosoever, this is New Testament, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. If thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. What law? Right? What law? It must be God's law. First Peter 2.9 But ye are cho a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we are called to be different. 1 John chapter 2, 3, and 4. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith... I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Scary stuff. All right. First John 5, 2 and 3. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God 
that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Meaning, hey, you keep them, you do them, but you don't complain about them. All right, and then I got two more here. This is Romans 10, 12. And this is what I say when people say, well, the Old Testament is for the Jewish people, right? Not for us, that's for the Jewish people. The Jewish people keep the, those commandments because we have Jesus, right? This is, what, this is what Romans 10, 12 says. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto him that call upon him. So, our God is the God of all. And then the last one is one that I really enjoy. It's a Psalm 68.2.3. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. I just think that's amazing. That's just a great thing. I just think that, you know, I know that the Bible has been written and probably translated a million times and handed down and, and touched and everybody's had their hands in it. But I just believe that the creator of the world, the creator of everything, could control, um, could control what he does, you know, could, could, could make sure that we have a book to read for our lives um, and, and, and an accurate one. I read King James Version. I love it. I have a preacher that I really like, and he's always talking about King James, and he's always saying, oh, everybody's like King James, King James. But he's like, this Bible's been translated so many times. He's like, in fact, if I gave you a King James Version of the Bible, one of the original, most people would not be able to read it because of how different it is. And that's probably true. But I believe that God speaks to us, and I believe now is the time. There always is, there's never a bad time to get on board with Jesus. I mean, it's amazing. It feels good. I mean, because to me, I enjoy my life. I really do. But if I died, I feel good about that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I um, would only be sad for the people that I left behind. I, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm told that heaven is perfect. Why would I not want to go to the perfect place? And an interesting thing, I may have talked about this before, that I heard that is that John, the book First John, was actually the last book written in the Bible, even though it's not last, Revelation is last. But this is my understanding, is that the book of John was written about John who spent time and walked with Jesus. And then he, after Jesus uh, was crucified, John was shown a glimpse of the future, was shown Revelation. And my TikTok has really turned to completely Christian stuff. I stumbled upon Christian things, and it's so much better for my mind to watch Christian things than to watch women twerk. You know what I mean? But um, the, um, you know, apparently, uh, apparently, uh, one guy was talking about on TikTok saying that Chernobyl is actually described in Revelation, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, but so John saw that and then he came back and he wrote first John as a warning to us. And if you're interested, first John is an easy read and it's a lot of fun. And I've been following the commandments to the best of my ability. Now, believe me, I am, I am a sinner and I am messing up all the time. I mean, believe me, I am messing up all the time. So, um, thank goodness for grace. Right. I mean, but I've been following them you know, to the best of my ability for years now, and I don't find it to be difficult. Um, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, they'll point out a lot of things, and there's a lot of things that you could read through and go, oh, that's, 
you know, that looks bad and that looks bad. And it's like, you know, um, I think, you know, the verses where it talks about stoning people, I think Jesus cleared that up. And I, I should have wrote that verse down, but it's just coming to me right now. But I think Jesus cleared that up when, when there was the woman who apparently, you know, uh, was a prostitute and everybody was like, let's stone her, let's stone her. And Jesus said, okay, whichever one of you is without sin, cast the first stone. And I think what Jesus was saying there is, yeah, God wrote that law and that law is not wrong, but there is nobody there is nobody here, there is nobody anywhere that's worthy to cast a stone on somebody else. Jesus actually says all the time, how dare you point out the speck in your brother's eye when you have a plank in your own eye? Meaning, we're all full of sin, so don't go around trying to point out what people are doing wrong, and that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say what, what I think we need to do as Christians is you know, watch our own lives and do our best to control ourselves, do our best to follow laws for ourselves and not go around telling other people what they ought to be doing, but minding ourselves. And I'm not here to condemn anyone, but I I, I think that, you know, churches and stuff like that should not teach that we're not supposed to follow the laws of God because we should, in my opinion. But we should do them for ourselves and not be grievous about it. And we shouldn't do it and then go, look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm doing. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying, the only reason I even tell you that is just to say, I've been doing it to the best of my ability. I fail every day. I fail every single day. But, you know, um, trying is, is what we should be aiming for. Obviously, we aim for perfection but we're never going to get it. But I just think that's fun. And I want to tell you, a lot of people have sent me emails encouraging me, praying for me, and I appreciate it so much. I need your prayers all the time. I mean, I have such a good time in my life. I love doing comedy. It's amazing. And there's so many things happening all the time that are scary and things that are happy and things that are beautiful. And there's a lot of beautiful things that are happening in the world all the time. I just think let's spend some time appreciating it. You know, one night, you know, if you have some time, go outside and just look out on a clear night and just look at the stars for a little while. I've done that a few times lately. I used to do it all the time as a kid. As a kid, I didn't have a smartphone. And my dad lives on a farm, still lives on a farm. And me and my stepbrothers and my friends, when we were kids, we would go, we would jump on hay bales. My dad had all these big round bales in the corner of his yard, and we would just jump from hay bale to hay bale. It was a lot of fun because a lot of times you'd fall in between them, but it's hay, so it was fine. And we would, and, and as the sun would start to go down, we would all lay out on our own hay bale, and we would just look up at the stars. We didn't have that good of video games. We didn't have smartphones. We didn't really have much to do. And we would look at the stars, and we would talk about the stars. And we would try to find constellations, even though we didn't know what we were talking about. We knew the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper, and that's still all I know. But we would just look at the stars, and it was just so much fun. And I feel like we spend so much time looking down that we don't spend any time looking up anymore, you know? So let's look up and find somebody. Uh, I would challenge you to find somebody this week, find a homeless person, find a person in need, and give them some money. It doesn't even have to be a lot. 
just give them some money. You know what I mean? And don't let anybody see you do it. Don't tell anybody you did it. Don't let anybody see you do it. But make it more money than you would normally give. Like, I don't mean you got to give away 100 bucks. Every, and, and if you don't have a lot of money, don't do it. But give whatever you can give, right? Just, you know, if you normally would give a homeless person $1, give them 5 You know what I mean? Just give out a $5 bill. Give out a 10 Give out a 20 And don't tell anybody that you did it. And it'll just, you'll just, even, and, and, and I gotta, you know, I've given people money before and, and amount of, an amount of money that I thought, ooh, this is really going to make their day. And they'll take it and they'll go, thank you. And then they just go right, like they'll be on the side of the road. And then they just go right back out to, uh, to, co- to collecting more money. And then you feel like, oh, dang, I wish I would have gave that to somebody else because they didn't appreciate it. They didn't give me the smile I wanted. They didn't give me the amount of gratitude I wanted. Ah, you know, right? But it's not about that. It is about your uh, generosity and your, it's not about you getting to feel good. It's about, you know, helping someone. Cause I feel like if you're going to give a homeless person money, it's like food, five bucks, they can go to a McDonald's immediately and get a little food. They can go to a gas station and get a snack bar and a water. One dollar, they still got to get some more. You know, if you can do it, do it. I just challenge you to do it just for fun. Let's all start being nice to people and 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 pray for our country. Um, you know, uh, we just had a new president sworn in today, and whether, regardless of your opinion, if you're for or against it, pray for him. You know, pray for our country, pray for our president. We always want our president to have the best interest at heart and to succeed as a country. And so, just pray for people and pray for somebody that you don't like. Just do it. You're going to love it. I appreciate you guys listening to this. And I hope you have a great day. We're having a good time.